Praise the Lord, and thank you for joining us at the Upper Room Church. Listen in as Pastor Johnson teaches the Word of God, gives us encouragement, and midweek refuel to run this spiritual race. Tonight's lesson will be entitled, A Search for an Upright Man. Okay, let's get into our word, y'all. Uh, search for a righteous man. So much going on in our world today. Uh, so much corruption in our world. I'm, I'm finding out people will do anything for money. They will sell. They they will sell their country. They will sell anything. Uh, sell the dirt right under your feet for all uh, the almighty dollar, and what the almighty dollar would do for them. But I just thank God, uh, and not only just uh, the people, our leaders of the land. Uh, elected leaders, elected officials, but but people in general, uh, preachers, uh, 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 people that's in charge of God's people would do some terrible things for money. I, I I was talking with some family members the other day, and it's just Lord, it's a crying shame what people would do uh, for money. It, it ought not to be like that. It ought not to be like that. You know, uh, preachers would do wrong for money. And uh, it's just a shame. So my prayer goes out for uh, for God's people that they could get. Uh, they deserve better representation for us, uh, representing them and speaking to them for the Lord. And money ain't everything. You know I mean, what if a man gain the world and loses his soul? If you steal the church money, then at, at the end of the day, what's going to happen to you? Uh, you you're going to lose your soul. They're talking about God and preaching about God, and then you are, you're a thief. You're stealing the church money. Uh, that that preacher that preacher is going uh, to hell. Uh, sad, sad. Uh, someone told me about the preacher the other day. They didn't put him in jail, but they he's under house arrest. Got to wear an ankle brace. Oh, my goodness. Here's a preacher who ran an ankle brace under house arrest because he done some wrong uh, at the church, and uh, it's just terrible. So we do need uh, prayer for our leaders. So in the Bible days, I'm going to go back to the God days. In the Bible days, it's the same way it was back then. It is now. People are people wherever you go, whether you're black, white, brown, whatever. It is, people are just people. It don't the color don't matter. We're just we all are, we all the same. We all the same. Many places I go when I'm driving that truck, when I get out and speak to my customers, whether they white or black, and most of them are white, I, I, hell out, I holler out and say, hey, brother, how you doing? And they holler right back at me, hey, brother, you know, we speak that way, and it just make me feel good. Don't see no color, no nothing like that. You my brother by another mother. That's all. I'm your brother, just different skin color. And, uh, you know, some many of them respond that way, and, and a lot of times many of them, Speak to me first and call me brother, and I just get tickled. And I just say, hey, brother, so we go on. But anyway, we all God's people, so this doesn't make a difference. People are people wherever they go, and people will do some of the same thing. Wherever they are, they do the same thing over and over, especially if they don't have God in the heart. I got three books I want to go to, uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and the book of Genesis. And I'm going to read quickly. Um uh, in search for a upright man in the book of Ezekiel. Turn that with me in the book of Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter, verse 23. We're going to read down to verse number 31. And, and, and God, God is himself uh, looking for uh, a righteous man. Okay, check this out. And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, verse number 23, Ezekiel 22, Ezekiel 22, look at verse 23. I'm in King James Version. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not clean, uh, nor rain, uh, not clean, nor rain upon in the day of indignation. So here God is talking to his people, saying, You, you, you are the country, you are the land, uh, Israel. That's that's not clean, uh, and 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 the rain uh, will not be upon you. Uh, will nor the rain upon in the day of indignation, indignation uh, in the day of indignation. God saying, uh, "Well, you not gonna 
uh, get the things that you need. You won't get the rain that you should or you desire because of my indignation toward you. You made God angry for the way you have behaved. You're not clean. You're doing the wrong thing. Verse number 25 said, there is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof. Like a roaring uh, lion raving to prey, they have devoured souls. They have taken the treasures and the precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. So what God's saying, got a problem with the priests and got a conspiracy with the prophets. They're not doing the right thing. Uh, they're just like a roaring lion uh, uh, raving to prey, and they devoured souls. They messed up people's lives. So many preachers, these preachers have messed up. You'd be surprised at the folks' lives that lives that uh, these preachers have ruined because they had faith in them and they let them down miserably. You know, it's it's a sad thing when someone got faith in you and then you break that faith, break that trust that they have in you. That's a hurting thing. And sometimes these people, uh, they may not want to uh, trust again. And I, I think that's unfair. I was talking to a man the other day. We were talking about relationships, and he was saying that, uh, well, I've been hurt, and I don't know if I ever uh, or be a long time before I ever trust again or, or, or you know, or, or, or a relationship. I want to in, get into a relationship because of the hurt that, uh, you know, he or he has experienced. And my word is uh, that's totally unfair to a good man or a good woman uh, if you uh, treat them the, that way because whatever you experienced, it wasn't the other person's fault. It just did uh, something you just ran into an old, bad, rotten apple. And so uh, everybody is not that way. And so here the Lord said, uh, the priests, the prophets, I got a problem with them. Uh, they are uh, they acting just like a roaring lion and priests. So we are supposed to be gentle. We're supposed to be kind and merciful and caring for God's people and not acting like a roaring lion. When a lion roar, he, he, he's hungry for something and he's letting everybody know that, you know, who he is and he's uh, 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 raving to pray. So in other words, he's ready to devour. We men of God supposed to lead humbly and faithfully uh, the people that God has uh, put under under our care and uh, not take advantage of them, not trying to uh, export them, you know, that way. But we have preachers today that do these things. There are preachers today that when they look at the people, they're just looking at dollar signs. I just thank God that I ain't in love with money like that. I, I, I see people as souls. This is a soul that needs to be saved, um, needs God uh, to be in there, he, uh, uh, he be in his life or her life. That's the way I see God's people. They're souls, not dollar signs. Verse number 26 says, her priest has violated my law. See, there it is, the prophet and the priest. God has a problem with them. They have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. So they wasn't about the business of the Lord. The priests and prophets were not uh, about God's business. And God said they have put no difference. Check this out. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Preachers don't act like preachers no more. Prophets don't act like prophets no more. Uh, leaders don't act like leaders no more. Matter of fact, leaders get with the people and act like the people. The situation that happened with these uh uh, these two men and the lady in, in Nashville with this uh, with this uh, uh, going into the house, all that kind of stuff, like the uh, insurrection on, on the 6th of January. Uh, I know a lot of people have a problem with it. They say, well, they shouldn't have exposed, uh, ex uh, expelled those people, uh, two black young men represented up there. They shouldn't have kicked them out. But, you know, rules have to be followed. We have rules for a reason. And uh, these people, the, 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 the lady and the two men, they broke the rule that, that they were sworn into that they wouldn't do things like that. There's a way to do things that I was sharing with people. You don't, that's not the way you do it. That's not the way you do it. Yeah, guns is a problem. People are a problem too, but that's not the way you do it. You don't get a bullhorn and, and, 
and get with people and run up into the house and, 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 and do stuff. That's not the way you do it. Legislators, the way they handle business is they sit down at their desk and they talk among themselves and they make rules and legislation for the good of the people. But you don't, leaders don't get with people and bust up in a meeting and bust up in uh, the chambers and talk a lot of trash. That's not the way you get things done. So that's the reason why these men was expelled. And many people have a problem. Oh, they just, it's, uh, first thing they want to holler racism, but they broke a rule. And uh, you don't do it like that. Get down, get in your desk, get over there in your cubicle, whatever, y'all sit down and meet and hammer out what we're going to do about all this crime, all this craziness that's going on with guns. That's what legislators are supposed to do and not get on a bullhorn and break up a meeting and say, we won't change when we want it. We want it now. No change. No peace. You know, that's not the way you do it. That's the way people do things. But leaders are held to a higher standard. People can go out there and burn bills and all, but, but the leader, you can't get with the people and do that. And so that's what makes things wrong. Uh, as leaders and prophets and priests, uh, I can't ever get with the people and go the way the people go. I have to lead uh, lead the people in a way that God would have us to go and not get with people. So these young men got with the crowd and they ran up in it and demand change, change uh, about this gun problem. That's not the way you do it. And so they done it the wrong way. So they got expelled, but they'll they'll be reinstated. And hopefully they legislate the way they should legislate. Just meet and hammer out the way we're going to do this thing going forward. So the preachers and the prophets uh, that God said that I, they violated my law and have profaned my holy things, verse 26, they have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they sworn, uh, shown a difference between the unclean and the clean. So the prophets, it's, it's, it's sad when the prophets, the preachers, they don't make a difference, you know, in the holy and the unholy, in the, uh, between the profane. We, we got to show difference uh, between the unclean and the clean. At least the leaders, uh, if, we, if we have to be an example to the people and to the whole world and not to conduct ourselves in such manner as these folks in the Bible days done. They were so uh, uh, wrong in the way they were carrying themselves as priests and prophets. Verse number 27 said, her priests, her princes, in the midst thereof are like wolves. See, that's not the way it's supposed to be. The princes are not supposed to be like wolves raving to pray, uh, to shed blood and to destroy souls and to get dishonest gain. But see, we have priests, we got prophets, and we got uh, uh, the elected officials—they all about themselves, uh, 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 raving to pray, shedding some blood, destroying souls to get this on us game. That's not the way God wants His leaders to be. We got to do things the right way. And and God goes on to say, these people—they—they—they they, divide in lies. Verse twenty-eight said, the lies unto themselves, saying, "Thus said the Lord." when the Lord had not spoken. So uh, a lot of these prophets, they are getting up prophesying things and said, the Lord said so-and-so, so-and-so. The Lord hadn't said it. And the, the, the scripture said, uh, does say the Lord when the Lord has not spoken. So one thing about it, I would never speak a word of prophecy that the Lord did not give. I'm not going to tell nobody, God going to bless you, you know, and you in your mess. And God didn't tell me that. If I say God's going to bless you, it's with the condition. we got to be trying to please Almighty God now. we got to try to live for the Lord and love the Lord. God ain't going to bless us in our midst. That's one thing you're not going to do. And I would never pronounce blessings upon people that's doing wrong. That makes sense in the Bible. I mean, you're doing wrong. You're smoking dope. You're cutting up. You do, you're sliding sideways. I, I can't pronounce blessings upon those people that live those kind of lives. Only thing I can give them is what God said. God said to those people that live those kind of lives that they need to turn, turn from your wicked ways and come on back to God. That's the message that God has given me to the people that's not doing the right thing. Turn. And God said, I bless you. I help you then. But I will not pronounce blessings on people that's doing wrong. 
And and so this was the Lord saying about these priests and these prophets. They they pronouncing and, and saying lies uh, that the, the things that the Lord said. And the Lord said, I, I haven't spoken those things. Look at verse number twenty nine. Moving on, the people of the land have used oppression. We're dealing with that today. The people of the land, our elected officials, our sometimes I feel like our government is oppressing the people to make us do things that we should not do. And, uh, uh, you know, because this is what they want for personal gain and for money. They're having to rescind things. They're having to retract things because what they were making us do and forcing us to do was not the right thing to do. The people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and the needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. When I think about uh these high gas prices. Gas is high, food is high, rent going up, everything is sky high, but your check ain't going up high. So when I think about all the oppression and all the robbery that the people of the land is doing doing today, they ain't doing nothing but oppressing the people. You know, I think that a government, any government, supposed to make rules and laws that not oppress the people, but help the people. That's the way the government should do. I mean, I think the government ought to crack down on these grocery stores and make them rescind those get those grocery prices. That's too high. Eggs are too high. And I think the government needs to jump in there and tell them, y'all ain't nothing but a bunch of extortions. You take those eggs back down to what they what they were. And uh I heard people say I I well, of course I tell tell Sister Johnson I said, don't buy eggs. Eggs, $12 a, a dozen. I said, don't buy them. I don't eat them anyway. I don't really like care for eggs like that. I mean, in the days we ate our eggs. But look, if you're going to take it up like that, I just think I'm not going to buy them. And so I think that the government should not let the, the merchants of the land oppress us like they do, make those gas prices go back down. Well, they use it as, as the, the, the excuse. Well, it's not us. It's the oil people. It's to all people. They they drive the prices up. I think you need to set laws that they should not raise these things above that uh, a decent price, a fair price that we all can be able to afford it. It's putting all of us in the in a poor house. You 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 pay more for grocery now than you did years ago. Our grocery bill has doubled and tripled. Milk is higher than it ever been. And so whether you pay uh $400 a month for your grocery. Now you may be paying $800 a month and our income is not going up like that. It ain't nothing but oppression. And somebody is getting rich, but it's not you and I. Follow what I'm saying? And so God had a problem with these folks back in the day. The priests, the prophets, the leaders of the land, they wasn't doing nothing but oppressing God's people. And I see the same thing going on in our day and time. We are being oppressed. We are being robbed at the gas pump, at the grocery stores, when we go to the doctor, when we buy our clothes, when we when we do our business. We are being robbed and we are being oppressed. And he said, and they have vexed the poor and the needy. Yeah, show me somebody that's happy about the gas prices. Show me somebody that's happy about the grocery at the grocery store. And I show you I show you somebody even. People that have the money that can buy it, whether they millionaires or well-off, they can afford it. But even they don't like these prices. Yea, they have oppressed the strangers wrongfully. Now, notice verse number 30. I'm going to move on. Verse 30 says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy. But God said, I found none. That's why I titled this what I'm going to talk to today, uh, Search for Upright Man. God is looking for somebody that's going to do the right thing. The Lord needs leaders, men and women, that are going to do the right thing. But now, even in the Bible days, it was hard for God to find people that were actually going to do the right thing by people. And so he said, the Lord told Ezekiel, a uh, prophet here, he said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedges and stand in the gap. See, God needs somebody to stand in the gap 
for the people, to stand for the people, to, uh, to call the people, to let the people know we're in times like these. This is the call for repentance. We, we need to return to God. The preacher won't even tell the people we need to go back to God. We need to get back to God, get back to the Bible, get back to our churches. We need to get close to God. They won't even tell the people that. And so God is looking for leaders that will stand in the gap and tell the people, look, things are going wrong, going down the wrong road. Our children are all out of order. They're disobedient. The boys don't know what they are. They don't know. They don't know whether they want to be boys or whether they want to be girls and girls don't know they want to be girls or want to want to be boys and so we need leaders to stand up and declare the word of god and tell people we got to get back to god we got to get back to the word of god get back to the ways of god it never was this bad yeah i know it always have been bad people have always uh sinned in the bible days they sinned uh, it, it, it always have been uh, people doing the wrong thing. They didn't just start doing wrong. They always have done wrong. But we never seen wrong to the point that we see it today. And so we need our leaders not to join in with the people uh, and do the, what the people are doing, but stand up and tell the people, look, God says, stand in the hedges, make up the gap for me so I won't destroy the land. We don't want the Lord to destroy the land. So God really not interested in destroying the land because the land didn't sin. The people sin. But he, he, he said it that way, that I might not destroy it, standing in the gap that I should not destroy it. But he said, but I found none. Therefore, have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own ways have I recompensed upon their head, said the Lord. So here, Ezekiel is crying out, saying, the Lord said, find me a man. Find me a man, somebody that'll stand in the gap, that'll stand up and tell the people, y'all, we need to call a fast. We need to, this is, we need to, uh, a day of atonement. We need to repent and, and, and rent our hearts and not our garments, and let's get back to God. But they won't do that. The preachers are worse than the people. <laughs> Let me go a little bit further. Now, this is Dicker. Look over at Jeremiah, Jeremiah 5, Jeremiah the fifth chapter. The preachers are worse than the people. They ain't, they're not standing in the gap for the Lord. They're not making up the hedge. They're just worse than the people are. The prophet, the priest, uh, and, and our elected official, they're all about themselves. And, and they're not for the people. They're they oppressing the people. Jeremiah 5, check this out. Then I'm going to go to Genesis, and that's why I'm going to wrap it up in the book of Genesis, Genesis 18. Jeremiah 5, 1 says this. He'll search for a man. God said, run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem and see now and know and seek in the broad places thereof. If ye can find a man, if there be any that execute judgment, that seekers are true, God said, I pardon them. And so what God is trying to find somebody that, that, that's bold, courageous, and brave enough to speak for him. And Ezekiel said, God looking for somebody to stand in the gap. Uh, and, and Jeremiah said the same thing. Go and find me a man, one that'll stand up. If you can, and then said, if you can find one, he said, I'll pardon him. I don't care what kind of, uh, he may be, you know, when the Lord found all of us, we were unclean and we were in our mess. But if you went, found me a man and can bring him in the house of God, God said, I'll clean him up. I'll pardon him. I'll pardon his sin. I'll clean him up. And that's what God is doing with his people now. God cleaning me up. God cleaning others up. God cleaning Parker up. God going to raise him up a nation of people that will stand for God because the ones we have have fallen. They have fallen and they'll continue to fall. They are looking at uh, uh, money and making gain out of the people. They are pressing the people instead of helping the people. And God is looking for somebody and search for somebody that will stand upright. So Jeremiah said the same thing. He said, run down through the streets. And I tell you, I'm looking for some too. I'm looking for men and women, myself for the Lord, that will stand up, stand in the broad place and if you can find a man, if there be any that execute judgment, that means execute judgment, uh, somebody that's going to speak the truth. Who will execute judgment? Who will call a spade a spade? 
find me a man that'll call a spade a spade, that'll call an ace a ace, that, that won't bite his tongue, that's, that's not afraid, he, he ain't no coward, and call it like it is. It ain't right, y'all. It ain't right. The doctors want to uh, mess up our boys. Then when they experiment on our little boys, uh, little boys kind of confused and eight years old and they want to have sex change operations and the government and won't do nothing but the doctors want to experiment on them. It ain't nothing but an experiment and give them uh, pubic blockers and all these drugs and hormones and all that kind of stuff to stop them from going through the change of life. An eight-year-old boy ain't got no business telling his mom he want a sex change operation. He want to be a girl. And the doctors, these doctors will do these procedures. They'll do these experiments because of the child wanted. It ain't nothing but an experiment. You know, an eight-year-old don't even know what he wants for breakfast. How in the world can he know what he wants for his body? Now, a lot of this stuff that's going on in our world is just crazy. And God said, find me a man that execute judgment to get up and speak and say something about this crazy madness. I say people do what they want to do. But if a man want to change from a man to a woman, if he want to have his uh his uh his 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 things mutilated, cut off, a sex change operation, then I think the law, the government shouldn't get behind it like our government is now. Our government behind whatever these people want. I think you should wait till he get eighteen, nineteen, twenty, you grown, and you can do what you want. But a child ain't got no business telling his parents that he wants surgery to change over. You don't have that right. Eight years old, you can't you can't drive a car, you can't buy you can't buy beer, you can't buy cigarettes because you're too young. And a lot of other things you can't do because you're eight years old, but you can do it when you turn the right age. So why don't we let these these children that's confused wait till you become of age and if you want to change, you can change to be whatever you want. Because a lot of these children are taking these uh 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 these uh, uh, surgeries, experimental surgery, at eight, nine, ten, and when they get seventeen, eighteen, they change their mind. I, 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 I don't like what's going on with my body. I wanna, I wanna go back to being a boy. Well, once they cut you off, cut your stuff off, you can't. They can't put it back. So you didn't know what you're talking about anyway. So that way, the parents shouldn't listen to these children. The government should not intervene and take side with children because they don't know what they want. They're your children. And so uh, our land, the government, the prophet, the priest, the preachers, everybody just crazy. And God said, I, I need a man. Y'all find me a man. Uh, if there would be any that would execute judgment, get up there and cry loud and spare not and say, call an ace, an ace, a spade, a spade. Just, we need, God needs somebody to say that. But, he, but it's hard to find somebody that's afraid to say it because they're afraid they'll lose their membership. Afraid they lose their offering on Sunday morning. And so I see what Jeremiah was dealing with. You couldn't hardly find nobody. I see what Ezekiel was dealing with. You couldn't hardly find nobody that would stand up and declare the truth of God. You don't have to be mean about it. You know, I'm like this right here. I think you can be whatever you want to be when you're grown. You know, when you're grown, you can do what you want. Can't nobody tell you what to do. You're grown. But that's why I'm I'm so hard, and I try to speak in in on behalf of children because children are children, and I don't like people abusing children and mistreating children, taking advantage of children. So I am a definite advocate for children. But these grown folk, what they're doing is wrong, but they grown. Let me show you one more scripture the Lord gave me in the book of Genesis. I'm gonna let you go. Uh, Genesis the 18th chapter. I want to read this story to you. Uh, even God Abraham was trying to find somebody uh, for, for the Lord to keep the Lord from destroying uh, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, the whole story, but I want to come down to the verse where Abraham was in search for uh, some people. And I want you to check out this. It's hard to find people now that want to do the right thing. Men and women, because we're so caught up, we're so into ourselves, we're so into the world, we're so into our habits, whatever they might be, drinking, smoking, coating, or, or slipping, sliding, whatever that, whatever it might be, we're so into ourselves that you can't hardly find people that are really 
hungry and hungry and uh, thirsty for the Lord. You know, it is sad that that I, we come to that point where people just uh they just not hungry for the Lord. I, I was talking to one of my coworkers, good friends, the other day. He was saying, man. Uh, he, he talked to his cousin about the Lord, but and encouraged him to go to church with him, and they just rail on him and said, "Man, I go to church when I get ready. I ain't ready to go to church right now. I go when I get ready. I know where the church is. When I get ready to go, I will go." He's going to keep on smoking and keep on doping, and he just told him, man, "I ain't ready to go to church." And and he feel some kind of way because he's trying to get his family into church and get them into God. And uh, and he was sharing with me, Tom, I don't know what's wrong with why they just don't want God like that anymore. I just say it's sad, but it's, it's the devil. The devil has deceived these people and um, and get them all confused and, and deceived. But check this out. Genesis, the 18th chapter. I want to come down to verse number. Let's see. Chapter uh, uh, verse 18 where the Lord is having a conversation with Abraham after the two angels met with him. They told Abraham and Sarah about some things. And um, and so that the Lord was going to bless them with the child and everything. And Sarah laughed. I don't want to get into all that. I'm just going to get right down to the Father, the conversation between Sodom. I mean, the conversation between Abraham and, uh, and the Lord God. That'll be verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? And so the Lord was saying, I'm not going to hide what I'm going to do uh, from Abraham. See, God had already he made up his mind that now he was going to destroy uh, this city, Sodom and Gomorrah, right? So the Lord said, I'm going I'm to destroy this city. The wicked, the sin, sins is, is so great. But I, I can't hide it from Abraham what I'm about to do. I got to, because God that Abraham was my uh, uh, my friend. He's a friend of God. He's my friend and my servant. I can't hide from him what I'm about to do. So I'm going to disclose to Abraham what I'm going to do to this city. And Abraham, having love for people, having love for God at the same time, tried to bargain with God for the people. Check out the story. Uh, 17, and the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I, I do? Can't do it. Verse 18, Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nation of the earth shall be blessed in him. So he said, all the nation in the earth, everybody's going to be blessed because of Abraham. I thank God for Abraham. Because of Abraham, we are blessed today. Because the seed, the seed, the righteous seed of our Lord, our God, came down through the lineage of Abraham, and that brought us into uh, uh, introduce us to Jesus Christ, and because of uh, 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 Jesus Christ, we are Abraham. We are blessed in Jesus Christ. Verse nineteen said, "For I know him." This is what God said. He said, "I know him. I know Abraham, for he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the ways of the Lord to do justice and judgment, and the Lord that the Lord may bring up Abraham." that which he has spoken of him. Now, the thing he said about Abraham, I, I, he said, I know Abraham. He said, Abraham will command his children. In other words, the Lord is saying that Abraham was a man that would speak truth to his children. Y'all need to serve the Lord. Serving the Lord is right. Serving the devil is wrong. Abraham would tell his children that. And that's all God wants. God wants a man. God wants a woman, somebody that would just speak truth to your family. We know you love your family, even though they might be doing wrong, but telling them, y'all need to go to church, you need to pray sometime, you need to, uh, uh, you know, uh, accept the Lord, know the Lord. So Abraham, God said, I know him, he'll command his children, he'll tell them what to do, and, uh, and, and that they might keep my ways and do justice and judgment, that they might bring, that he might bring Abraham into uh, that blessed land that he had Spoken of. Verse 27. And the Lord said, Behold, to Abraham, the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great because their sin is very grievous. Now, God is having a conversation with Abraham. He said, Abraham, see, remember the Lord said, I got to tell Abraham what I'm about to do. And so the Lord said, Abraham, the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. That's sinful city because their sins is very grievous. 
This is why the Lord said, I'm going to destroy them. Their sin is great and is very grievous. It grieves my spirit, the life that they live in. Verse 21 said, God said, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. So the Lord told Abraham, Abraham, I'm going down, and I'm going to visit that city, and I'm going to see for myself uh, whether, uh, whether or not they are doing exactly what the cry has came up to heaven uh, about. The cry came to heaven that Sodom is sinful. So the Lord is looking into uh, this sinful city. And verse 22 said, and the men turned their face, the men turned their face from thence and went toward Sodom, and Abraham stood stood yet before the Lord. So he, Abraham was having a conversation with these men, these three men. They went toward Sodom. So God sent the angels. These three these men were angels. God sent them down there to check Sodom out, and Abraham stayed back uh, in the presence of the Lord. Check out verse 23. And Abraham drew nigh and said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? So Abraham is bargaining with the Lord about the people of the city because he cared for the people. So Abraham said, Lord, well, now, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Verse 24, pre-adventure, uh, there'll be 50. Now, I want you to keep this in mind. Write, write this down because we're going to change number six times. So you don't want to make a note of it. That he had to change, he changed his number six times. Verse 25, he said, uh, three said, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? That's one of the reasons why I believe when the rapture comes, the Lord going to get the righteous out and he's going to destroy the wicked. God is not going to destroy the righteous with the wicked. Now, there are some brethren, some church leaders, some of, some of my colleagues that believe that the tribulation and the rapture, that the, 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 the God is going to uh, punish this saints too. We're going to go through a whole lot of stuff. God's not going to do that. No, no, no. God's not going to hurt his own. He, like a father, he's not going to do that. He's not going to destroy the righteous with the wicked. He's going to separate us. So the righteous will be caught up in the rapture, and the wicked are going to go through what they go through, and they're going to be persecuted. Now, uh, verse 25 says, That be far from thee to do uh, after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. Now, the righteous are not going to be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do uh, uh, do right? And so what Abraham is telling the Lord, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So Abraham was telling God, you are the judge of all the earth. You, Lord God Almighty, you are the judge of all the earth. Shouldn't you do right? And, and, and what he meant by it, shouldn't you do right? Because you are the judge of all the earth. God will do right. He should do right. And he's going to do right. And doing right is this. Don't destroy the righteous with the wicked. And so God knew Abraham knew God was about to do something. He said, Lord, you the judge of all the earth. Shouldn't you do right? Yeah, he's going to do right. And you what the Lord told Abraham. And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place for their sake. And so that lets me know, you know, God told Abraham, he said, if you find 50 in this city, uh, that's doing the right thing, I would not destroy this city. Now, I think about that a lot. And what comes to mind is I believe a lot of things have not happened to the city of Memphis, Tennessee, because there are some good people here. There are a lot of times the storm come through Arkansas, West Memphis. Uh, I, I went through Wynn, Arkansas uh, the other day. Wynn, Arkansas got towed up. Okay. Uh, I don't, I don't know about West Memphis. It didn't really get hit. Uh, going up toward Covington, Tennessee, I went to the bed the other day. Going up 51, going up toward Covington before you enter the Covington, trees laying, uh, all laying one way because that's the way the wind was blowing. So I, I think that a lot of things could have happened to Memphis that destroyed our city and, and, and more destruction, houses and buildings and trees. But God got some good people here. And I think a lot of that calamity uh, escaped us to go over us, to go the other way, because there's some good people here. And so the Lord said, if you find fit the righteous, I won't destroy the city. Verse 27. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken 
I have taken up on me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ash. Verse 28. Pre-adventures, there shall lack uh, five of the fifth righteous. Will thou destroy uh, the city, destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, if, if thou find 40 and five, I will not destroy the city. Now, notice what he said in verse number uh, 26. He said, if you find 50, I won't destroy it. Well, Abraham went out in verse 27, and he had to come back before the Lord. He said, oh, Lord, I'm coming back. i got to talk to you one more time. I know I ain't nothing but dust and ashes. But he said, now, uh, I really couldn't find 50. If you find 45, would you not destroy the city? Oh, God, such a loving God to deal with Abraham. Verse 25, 28 says, he said, if I find 40 and 5, I would not destroy it. Okay, Abraham going out looking now for 45. 29, and he spake unto him yet again, go back to the Lord and said, pre-adventure, there shall be 40 found there. And he said, I will not do it uh, for 40's sake. So Abraham couldn't find 45 righteous. Now he gone down to 40. All right, and verse 30 said, and he said unto him, oh, let not the Lord be angry. I got to go to him again, and I will speak pre-adventure. There shall uh, 30 be found. And he said, I will not do it if you find 30. So now he gone down to 30. Abraham can't find 30 good people. Verse 31, and he said, Behold now, I have taken unto me to speak unto the Lord. Pre-adventure, there shall be 20 found there. And the Lord said, Where you find 20, Abraham, I won't destroy the city. You find 20 good, good people. Verse 32, and he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet. But this once, pre-adventure 10, should be found there. And he said, well, Abraham, I won't destroy the city if you find 10. Now, out of all those verses I just read in Genesis 18, I noticed that the script changed six times. The Lord started out with Abraham and said, if you find 50, I won't destroy it. He couldn't find 50. Abraham lowered it and said, well, Lord, if you find 45, that's number two, that we just destroy it. He said, well, if you find 45, I won't destroy it. That's in verse 28. Verse 29, Abraham lowered it. Lord, if you find 40, would you destroy it? The Lord said, if you find 40, I won't destroy it. That's in verse 30, uh, the Lord said, well, if you find, Abraham said, Lord, if you find 30, we didn't spare the city. He said, if you find 30, I won't destroy it. Well, verse 31, he changed it to 20. He said, Lord, if I find 20, will you save the city? Don't destroy it. He said, if you find 20, Abraham, I spare the city. Well, verse 32, he changed it again and said, well, what about 10? He got down to 10. That's the lowest the Lord went. So we went from 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. Changed six times. Six times the Lord gave Abraham six chances to go and find some good people. What comes to my mind when I think about all this? If the Lord came to Memphis, Tennessee and said, I'm going to destroy Memphis for its sins, but uh, uh, if you can find 50 good people, I won't destroy it. I wonder, people so evil and so corrupt now, I wonder would God find 50 good people in Memphis? I wonder would he find 45? Would he find 40? Would he find 30? Would he find 20? Would people are so evil now. You know, the hatred now that's in men and women's heart now it's so deep. It's terrible. It's awful. We are so full of hate, and we don't even know we're full of hate. I mean, church folks in all, church folks, non-church folks, sinners, well, it's full of hate. Let me share something with you. I'm moving on. I'm, at the, I'm coming to a close. I was listening to a talk show just the other day, I believe about Tuesday. And the talk show host was a Republican. And he had people calling in, and they were talking about Biden. They were talking about Trump. And one caller called in, and, uh, and a talk show host who was a Republican said, I know you are a Democrat. Come on, but I'm going to let you talk. Come on, I'm going to let you talk. Tell me. Tell me what you got to say. And the Democrats started talking about Trump, Trump this, Trump that, how he hated Trump. And uh, so the Republican uh, 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 talk show host began to talk to him. said, man, why do you hate the man so much? I mean, you know, you don't have to like a person. I mean, but why the hatred is so? The hatred for a man 
Uh, I had never seen hatred for a man like this in all my life. And I'm, I'm finna turn six or seven years old next month. I never known the hatred for one individual man. Like, like it is for this Trump man. Now I ain't no Trump man. I ain't no Biden man. I ain't no, no man. I'm, I'm God's man. But I never seen hatred like this before. Now let me share, share this with you with the, with the talk show host told the man. He said, I know you don't like Donald Trump. But on a scale of one to ten, and ten is the highest. Where do you come? Where do you where do you come in and choosing uh, how you feel about Donald Trump on a scale of one to ten? And ten is the highest. And the man said twenty. He went he went off the scale. I mean, he said one to ten is the scale, and and ten is the highest. What what was it? What is the hatred you have toward Donald Trump? One to ten, and ten is the highest. He said, it's a 20. <laughs> so I'm saying, we are so full of hate, Israel. How are we going to go to heaven, y'all? How are we going to go to heaven? Somebody tell me. He went off the scale. It's higher than a 10. Well, 10 is a high. What are we talking about? Oh, it's a 20. Man, so he, he just doubled it. And so, and that's the way the world is. Hatred, hatred, hatred. Now, I'm going to say a thing about that. And I'm going to move on. Now. I, I don't I don't hate no man. I really don't. There have been a lot of people with what I think what church folks need to do in the hate, same hatred that's among church folks for this man, Donald Trump, in 45. They hate this man guts. But I, I think we church folks need to know a little bit better. Here's what I advise. As a man of God, as a your spiritual advisor, here's what I, I advise where people that, that are with God should take their stand. I think we all take our stand with a man's policy. We should say, I don't like his policies. And and I, I, I just don't like his policy and what he stands for. But when you just flat out say you hate a man, uh, you're you just going to miss heaven. You just, ain't, you just ain't going up there. And there's a lot of presidents who came through our, 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 you know, the presidency that I hated, I hated neither one of them, but I disliked their policies. And I can name the ones that I, I, that I didn't like their policies. Uh, I didn't like uh, Clinton policies. I didn't like Bush policies. I didn't like Obama policies. I didn't like uh, some of Donald Trump policies because some of their policies and morals is all is not is not in line with God's word. But but the man himself, I I, I could, can't bring myself to hate. But I don't like what they stand for. You cannot like what a person stands for and not hate the individual. But church folks have not, they don't know how to divide this thing. And a lot of my church brothers and sisters that I know, their hatred for 45 is, is, is not on a scale of 1 to 10. It goes to 20, 30, and above. And how are we going to get to heaven like that? I think the stand that we all need to take as Christians, it just say you don't like what the man stand for, bottom line, and let it go. But if you have harbor hatred, then a lot of church folks going to be in hell with the sinners. And so that's what I try to advise. I'll advise all church folks that these, pre- these politicians, these are, uh, presidents that come about, you don't like what they do. You don't like their policy and what they stand for. That's where you want to be. But don't hate the man. Just don't like the policies. That's my advice from God to all Christians. Just don't like what a man stands for, but don't hate the man because they'll get you just as deep in hell as you can go. Now, I'm going further here. So uh, our priests, our prophets, our elected officials, they were all corrupt. They wouldn't stand for the right thing. And God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, you find 50, you find 45, you find 40, 30, 20, 10. I won't destroy this evil city. If God came to Memphis, a God came into the United States and said, well, if you find a certain amount of people that, 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 that was right, would he find it? When he really examined our heart, uh, searched my heart, would he find hatred in it? I pray, I pray not. I hope not that, that he won't find a hatred in our heart for no man. Okay. Now, notice, what, back to my lesson here. I'm, I'm wrapping this up. So notice the last part of that verse. The Lord told him that, and he said, I will not destroy it. For ten sake, and that's the lowest God said. If you find ten, I won't do it. God didn't say He didn't go down to nine, eight, seven, one. You know, He didn't go that low. And but notice, 
the last verse of that Bible, verse 33. Now I'm going to close it. And the Lord went his way. When the Lord lowered the number to 10, the Bible said, and the Lord went his way. As soon as he left communion with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. The Lord lowered the number down to 10. Abraham couldn't find 10. And the Lord cut this conversation off and went his way. And lo and behold, what did he do? He destroyed that city. I ain't going to talk to you no more, Abraham. Ain't no sense in saying, well, what if I find two people? That's right, Lord. What if I find one? No, Abraham, I'm going to destroy this place. So God, I looked at verse 33 and said, the Lord went his way. As soon as he had finished communion with Abraham, we're not going to negotiate no more. We're not going to, we're not going to do that to Abraham. I gave you a chance to go and search the city and you couldn't find it. I pray that our city uh, and our churches, when the Lord come, that he will find faith on earth, that he will find that there are some people that love God, the people that want to do the right thing and that's ready for the rapture and ready for the coming of the Lord when the Lord returns. I hope that even Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's the question. When he returns, will he really find faith on earth? Are we all corrupt? Are we all just evil like that? I pray when the Lord comes that he will find that there are a group of people, there are a band of Christians that love God, that love God and hate evil. The search for a righteous leader. God was looking for one in the Bible days. God is still looking for one in our day and time. I pray God is raising up some, me, others, and that's going to stand up and do the right thing. When the Son of Man comes, what do you find faith on earth? Is everybody crooked? Is everybody trying to take the money? Is everybody trying to do the wrong thing? I believe there's some people out there that's actually going to do the right thing. And I pray that you and I will be those people. That's my thought for you all here at Midweek Fueling, that we will be the people that Jeremiah was looking for, that Ezekiel was talking about, and that Abraham, God gave Abraham a chance to go to try to find some, and he could. I hope you and I be those people. And I pray that there's some more folks out there somewhere. somewhere. All of us are not messed up like that. And if you are messed up like that, we're praying that you uh, uh, come out of that and be the loving people that God wants us to be. God is in search for leaders, men and women, uh, that will stand in the gap, that will stand in the hedge, and pray for these wicked folks. Don't become wicked like them, but pray for these wicked people that we, that, that we can get our hearts ready for the Lord because we do believe the Lord is soon to come. Pastor Johnson personally thanks everyone for joining us for our midweek prayer and refuel service. Join us this upcoming Sunday morning. You'll be glad you did.